What's up, guys? It's me, Annie, thinking about turning this episode podcast into Golden Kamui instead of Yasuhime. Oh, we should do that. <laughs> um, and I'm Minty, the one who just found out that the creator of Inuyasha did not write Yasuhime, and it's really showing at episode 8. I think the creator, all she did was make the designs for the next gen, but after that, kind of just dipped. And I looked up the writer on Wikipedia. It turns out that they might have written for Gundam Wing, the one with Zero. Which is terrible. Yeah, one of them was literally a clown. <laughs> but welcome to Fun Untitled, where we serve every podcast with an F you. Kind of like how Yasuhime is. Yeah, so we're doing a reaction to episode 8, which is basically where they defeat Kikyu, one of the four perils that work underneath Kirin Maru. And it's a real shit show. We just have a myriad of complaints, so let's just go from the beginning of the episode. We'll branch off, diverge, forget what we're talking about, <laughs> somehow get back on track, or not, maybe not. So Yotsume is flying away, being chased by the three princesses, comes to Kikyu who says, you're an idiot, take the pearl, and use that power you totally forgot you had. Which is really dumb, because why is it a dream butterfly and a dream owl? I think they're just trying to make a connection between the two powers, but it's a very weak connection, because they're not accessing their dreams, they're accessing their memories. Yeah. Just like the very faint memories that they probably don't really remember, but it's hidden in their subconscious. Okay, well, I'm going to tackle the pearl before getting into the mother of all problems. A big problem this series have is not explaining everyone's powers. It's just they can do anything they put their mind to. Like the purple pearl, clearly the main power was absorbing demon powers. But then was like, lol, it just makes you stronger, you know, whatever. What I don't get is, it also seems like that's the Silver Pearl's power, assumingly. Because I don't know why Tor would have this random ass power otherwise, and it just seems like it's a connection between the two in regards to absorbing powers. So can all the pearls let you absorb powers? If there's gonna be seven pearls, they should all do something unique, and that's why they have their own color. If it's just seven pearls that does the same shit, it sounds a lot like the Shikon Jewel. We already knew the Rainbow Pearls was just a replacement for the Shikon Jewels. I hate it. It was that Kiku could do the little whip thing. Yeah. I'm like, that's all you can do? It's a cat whip. Ka-chow! I'm like, and then you can transform, which does nothing, and then you can absorb powers, which is the Rainbow Pearl's power. I'm like, you're a motherfucking demon. You should be able to have more than just one power, although it shouldn't be like the princesses where it's like completely random and out of place. Although since you're a new character, it's a little bit more acceptable. If all the pearls got a Rainbow Pearl, and um, Setsuna and Toa got a rainbow pearl. Does that make them the unofficial fifth and sixth pearl donned by Shishomu? You think one of the pearls is Shishomu? No, I think Shishomu gave the title of pearls to his two dollars when he gave them the two pearls. Oh, I mean... It was a, it's, it's a dumb... Okay, this is what I don't get about the pearls. They're supposed to be really strong and really powerful, and yet so far, we defeated two of them in one episode each. We didn't even get to see one of them. We saw the son, I guess. Was he? Oh, the... The boy? Was that? That was his son. That was his hot, hot son. But didn't the bones look like a spider? What are you talking about? I don't remember. 
remember anymore. These episodes are so forgettable. Throwaway episodes, just like the next one where they use a child as a shield. Fucked <laughs> up, yo. We're not gonna forget that, hopefully. Now let's get into the biggest problem, in my opinion, of the episode, the dreams. I, I told you, they're using the wrong word. They're just trying to make a connection. I'm just saying, okay, if they're looking into the dreams... There is no reason why Setsuna twirling her cyclone burst, cyclone burst, aka um Kagura's power move TM. Ooh. Why it would switch around the dreams? Because the only reason, from a writer's perspective, why you would switch Moraha and Takichiro's dream is just so Moraha can't see her parents. Because you gotta keep dangling those threads, or else no one's gonna watch you a shit show. You did also mention as we were watching how did Toa not get affected unless she switched Setsuna, which makes no sense. But I guess then Setsuna couldn't access Toa's dream. But the spell is not even on Setsuna, so it wouldn't work anyways. Also, if fainting works on Setsuna, we should just make her faint every night so she can get some damn sleep. But not like the lack of sleep has hurt her or has been detrimental in any way. Fair enough. As a Setsu... Rin Shipper, how do you feel about, um... Don't make it sound no. like I ship Setsuna and Rin together. No, I'm sorry, I'm just showing Rin. How do you feel about the fact that the dream butterfly is taking sleep from Setsuna and giving it to Rin? I want to say, first of all, just because I like this Shishomaru and Rin ship, it really has no consequences or no effect on my opinions on a lot of these things, unless it's going to actually involve the couple. Otherwise... I don't give a shit. I think it's weird. I think it's stupid. I don't know what's the point of it. I mean, obviously that's part of the mystery that we're supposed to care about, but I, I really don't. I don't care. And I feel bad. I don't care about the Rin thing. I don't care about Inuyasha and Kugomi, which I know has been trending on Tumblr and Twitter. I, I just... The show is so badly written that I don't care about the things that I'm originally looking forward to. See, I was thinking as a Sashomi Rin... Because it seems like Shishomaru really loves Rin at the expense of his daughters. I don't know if I'm the right person to ask. I, I think you're, you're kind of implying maybe this is a weird relationship. Unless it's going totally batshit crazy, I'll stick with a ship. Well, it's not... I guess it's more like, um, are you upset it's being written this way more than are you jumping ship? Yes, I guess I am upset that it's being written this way because unless there's like a really good explanation that really ties in everything. What I feel like is that this story is written in a way to keep one concept true no matter what. And I think that concept is just the fact that the three princesses don't know their parents. And they're going to make every stretch and throw a rock as far as they can to make the other concepts weak. But as long as it supports the same concept that they will never know, did not know their parents from the beginning of the series. So I think the whole point of putting Rin to sleep is just an excuse to have that Toa and Setsuna doesn't know their mom, but just, it makes no sense. On the bright side, we learned one important thing from the two dreams of Takechiro and Moraha. Hachi is not her fa- or his father? Yeah. I don't know, because Junbei, the demon corpse seller, seems to address her as a female. Does he? I'm pretty sure. What, the trans rights? Not everything is trans, right? It could just be a translation problem. Fuck you. Well, no, um... I was gonna say Hachi come here in clutch because he was in two dreams. <laughs> like, I just... 
you could have had Shippo take the child away, and that would have been more meaningful. But no, you, you had Hachi, so it has to mean something. Oh, that's true. So thus, Hachi is um giving away children. He's like, hey, Miroku, give away Takuchiyo, <laughs> our Tanuki Lord, away to a corpse seller. Oh, uh, yeah. That is weird. Here's the thing. I don't get why Shishomu and Wien, right? They don't show any affection towards their kids whatsoever. They pretty much Shishomu took the kids when they were born, flew off, they got abandoned in a forest, and that's all she wrote. I'm pretty sure Shishomu knew that no matter what happened to these kids, they were going to survive. They weren't going to be like Inuyasha and be like a little bitch boy who cried to his mom. He was going to make sure that they went through the lion's trial and live. Is that good parenting? I don't know, but he's a demon. How are we to judge? I don't think anyone got pissed by the fact of that scene where Shishomu and Kian Mayu teleported up the staircase to like fuck up Inuyasha and Kogomi's domestic life. Oh yeah, that's a good point. What is up with that scene? I feel like it's kind of hinting Shishomu is working with Kian Maru to save Win. Here's the thing. If you're going to have a mysterious scene and just leave the audience quote-unquote hooked, I feel like the scene should also give some information and not just be like, oh, we're going to imply something and then totally change it when we reveal it. It's like, how about you give me a chance? Otherwise, it just feels like, it feels jipped. It feels like there's no point in anything. Because there's no point in trying to solve the problem or even assume anything. Because it's like, I know it's going to be wrong. Because you're going to have some bullshit answer to it. Like, a puzzle is fun because you have a chance to solve it. Yeah. And you can use your head to figure it out. But this is not something you can figure out because the writing feels so poor. I do want to say... If you ignore the plot hole of Inuyasha having the rogue from the mom, but he gave it to Kikyo. It's and rouge. rouge. I keep telling you, it's rouge. Right. The rouge from the mom gave it to you know Kikyo, and then the Raku destroyed it. But the fact that Inuyasha still has it means the mom left a myriad of makeup for her son in her will. Lady's a rich bitch. <laughs> I don't know if she was born rich or because she married a great demon lord that she is buttloads rich. Yeah, I guess we, we should have assumed that she had a collection of makeup. Well, yeah, I just didn't think Inuyasha was carrying the whole damn thing. Could you imagine a man shucking these little oysters <laughs> or shallops and slipping the raw meat and then putting <laughs> makeup inside? Do you think the makeup is made from the oyster blood? Oh, wait, I, I just feel like I think it's made out of two seashells tied together. Um, the color? <laughs> no, the container. Yeah, no, it's probably just like you just shuck it open. No, I think it's and... just two seashells you find on the beach. No, why would you do that? Because it's easy, because it just it was a scallop shape. It wasn't an oyster shape. That's how you draw it. It's like simplifying the artwork. <laughs> Anyways, uh, moving on past the dreams, we get into the battle. Mitchie mentioned this when we was watching. When Moraha's powers was taken away, Moraha kind of acted like she couldn't do anything. She's a half priestess, half demon. Her demon powers were taken away, but that had no effect on her spiritual powers because obviously the arrows are still, you know, sealing Yotsume into the rock, which is weird in its own right, but it's still there. <laughs> and maybe you say, well, maybe it didn't get absorbed from the arrows. I was like, okay, but the power still does not absorb her spiritual powers in general. It has no effect, so why is she not doing something? 
Because I'm pretty sure the owls can do more than just sealing, obviously. Also, I don't get Mother Effing Toa's powers of, oh, I absorb demon energy, but they have to hit me first. No, she clearly shown in this episode, she just has to hit them. And why are her clothes okay? Are the clothes absorbing the powers? I mean, you can't show those boobies, I guess. Morhaw, if she was a real bro, would have just scratched the arm. <laughs> if Morhaw's a real bro... Oh, one thing I couldn't stand, this show feels like it's for five-year-olds because it keeps repeating shit. I'm Kiku and I absorb demon powers. They said twice because for some fucking reason, Setsuna does the cyclone burst twice at Kiku. And it's like, it would make sense if she did it the second time and then at least Toa took that advantage to stab the sword into the mouth. But she does it afterwards. And I can't remember what I was trying to say with the moral hot thing because I thought of this stuff. But yeah, it's stupid and I hate it. And I'm I'm just too old to be liking children's shows. <laughs> it's just, I, the audience is Inuyasha fans. No one would be watching this if you wasn't dangling your precious mysteries. So why are you acting like, you know, your main audience is five-year-olds? I don't know. I mean, even if it was, you should still write a better story. Well... Before we end this episode, we would, we would be amiss if we didn't talk about Riku. What do you want to say about Riku? I just want to mention he exists. <laughs> he's the boy in the opening and he's gonna be important because he's gonna collect the seven rainbow pearls. All I want to say, okay, I guess there's two things. One, he's a dumb character. The whole, he's strong enough to defeat them, obviously, but he won't because of some weird thing that he went back on. <laughs> it's stupid and it's... One of those plot device thingies that just makes no sense, but it's just to keep the main characters the main characters. And two, it's really dumb that none of the princesses thought about grabbing the purple pearl. Yeah, that is really dumb. Like, even if they address it in the fourth episode, they got distracted by Takechiyo wanting candy, unless Takechiyo did that on purpose so that Riku could take it. Was it weird when um Takechiyo gave the gold when you're like, Shouldn't that be used for the debt? I don't know. I guess Moroha still has a choice between paying off her debt and not starving. There's so many mysteries about each individual character of Yasuhime. You mystery about Setsuno, mystery about Toa, mystery about Moroha, mystery about Takechiyo. It's too much to make a mystery about the corpse, you know, dealer, and then a mystery around Riku. Like, will someone please just be forefront here? You know what, the mysteries wouldn't be so bad if there was a story to distract you that you want to solve this mystery. And at that point, I think we just gotta end the podcast. Are we going to do the next episode? Are we going to switch to Golden Kamui? Probably not, because we really like to finish things. Okay, thanks. Bye.